And hello there. Welcome back to the podcast. My, I'm your host, Jose, and I'm grateful to be here with you today. So before we get started, I want to talk about the announcement at the end of episode three, where it was mentioned that we were supposed to have a guest speaker with us on today's segment. Well, there's a lot of scheduling conflict and a lot of we could meet up, so I decided to postpone that one for a later segment. It's a very interesting topic. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. But on today's episode today, on episode four, we're going to be talking about Mantis or Praying Mantis, as some of you may know. And we're not going to be talking about a specific one. We're going to be talking about them as a whole, just a whole broad of them, because the, a lot of information that I was researching, it kind of goes along with each one of them. Probably the only difference that may be is some may do different hunting habits, but most Mantis do pretty similar things. So it's just easier to put all this as one whole episode than instead of just talking about it as a singular one. But if you're ready to get started, are you ready to get a little wild? Then let's dive right into it. So the word mantis comes from the Greek word mantikos for soothsayer or prophet. They probably got this name because if you notice when a mantis stands still, their four legs are clapped together. And it looks like the motion of someone who's praying. And they also got this whole thing where it's like they thought the mantis was a peaceful, a silent, still, patient animal. When in fact... <laughs> The mantis is none of these things. Um, probably the more thing is patient one, but other than that, the peaceful part is not what it is. Um, most mantis live in the tropical regions, and there are over 2,000 species of them. The cool thing about it is, a lot of the names that you hear mantises get is they're based off of primarily of where they're located at. And usually where they're located at, that determines what color they come out. Because I'm pretty sure the most common color that people see mantises is green. But they also come in more vibrant colors than just green. They come in brown and pink and white and black and all of these extravagant colors. Like, for example, the orchid mantis, which is a mantis that usually lives on flowers, their color is usually based off of what flower that they live on. While there's also another one with the lichen one where he bases his color off of the tree bark. That usually where he hunts for prey as they climb up the trees. Which is cool because it's like, that means that mantis have adapted this way to live and camouflage themselves according to where they live. Which is pretty cool. Now, another thing that mantis are well known for is their forelimbs. Now, the actual name for them are raptorial legs. And with these forelimbs, mantis are pretty successful hunters. In fact, studies have shown that mantis will have a successful hunt when they hunt whatever prey they're hunting and usually will not fail. They have almost perfect ac accuracy. Now, on these legs, if you probably noticed, they are curved. It's almost it's like they're clamping down almost. They're not claws, but it's like it's pretty much a way for the mantis to grab onto something and hold it. And on the inside, there are these thorns. So pretty much when a mantis has whatever it's capturing, it's not getting out. It, do it doesn't matter. Now, the thing about that is mantis are not like snakes or spiders. They do not have poison. So basically, when a mantis grabs something, it will start eating it alive. And it usually will start with the head. Because the quick fix to that is because if a prey animal, like we'll use a grasshopper for an example. A grasshopper has a very strong back legs. So it could pretty much kick and hurt and injure the praying mantis. Most predators try to not injure themselves while they're hunting something because that will 
if you're hurt and you need to eat something and you can't hunt it successfully, then you will be failing at your job. Because as a predator, you have to make sure that you can hunt successfully without getting yourself injured in the process. The mantis counters this by eating the head first. Once you take the head off a lot of the things, it usually dies at that point. And the mantis will always, nine times out of ten, start at the head. Once it takes the head down, then there's no resistance. And these attacks happen in the blink of an eye that most animals can't react nor see it coming to really save themselves because it began behind their powerful camouflage that we were talking about earlier. So mantises have or use the same senses as we do. And you're probably sitting there thinking, well, you obviously know some of the more obvious ones, but do they really use all of them? Well, like I said earlier, taste is one that they do because obviously they taste their food and obviously they eat pretty much a lot of the same things and they obviously like the taste of it. But another sense that they use is sight. Now, if you look at a mantis, you'll probably see that it has very big eyes. And you're probably wondering, well, can the mantis see well? Well, yes, it can. The mantis's eyes are very prone to motion. It has very sensitive eyes. In fact, its eyes is probably one of its most important things or tools when it comes to hunting. Because, we'll, I'll give you an example. A mantis can turn its head 180 degrees, which means he has very good vision of what's going on in front of him. And then this is when they come to that point where they stand still, because it's like if you notice... When a mantis is watching something or some prey item, his head is looking at exactly what that prey item is doing. He does not move. He does not flinch. He does not take his eyes off of this animal. If he moves, the mantis move move his head to watch him in a very slow motion. Another sense that they use is when it comes to sight is navigation. If you haven't noticed, a mantis from time to time will take its antenna and it will clean it. And you're probably saying, like, is it cleaning it for, you know, just because? No. These antenna are used as navigational tools for the mantis because there's been situations where it's like a mantis is on a branch away from whatever it's hunting. And it has to jump from one branch to the other. The antenna kind of gives it this navigational tool to where it can actually determine distance. I'll give y'all an explanation. So I want you to envision two branches. On this left branch, you will see a fly. Now, as you all know, flies move around a lot, so they're not going to be still. And on the right is a mantis. Now, this mantis can see the fly. But the thing about it is, like, he has to get over there to be able to attack the fly. And with his antenna, he can determine the distance and also the way he has to jump to make it on top of the fly. In fact, and this happens in the blink of an eye, but studies have shown that mantises will leap and determine the distance from what they need to to actually get close to prey with even the prey not even knowing that they're coming on to them. Or in some cases, in the case that I gave y'all, the mantis will jump and he will actually determine the distance and how which way he needs to jump to actually jump on top of the fly because obviously the second he jumps on there, the fly's going to know he's there. But a mantis can actually jump from one branch to the other on top of the prey item without it even having a chance to move. And he actually lands a successful kill. Now, the other emotion, uh, sense that mantises can do is hearing. Now, 
you're probably trying to figure out, well, what about hearing is there? Well, one of the most, in, well, I guess probably the most important thing to them for this is so they can hear certain predators come after them. One of those predators in particular are bats. And you're probably like, well, why bats? This is just a little side off, but hear me out on this. Bats use echolocation, which is how they can find pretty much small insects in the dark. And the thing about it is, like, most mantises are diurnal, so they're only active in the morning. But in case they are active at night, you know, they could, and if they're out and about, they can actually hear the echolocation of a bat on the hunt at night. And usually what they'll do is they'll, once they hear it, it's an early warning system, and they will get out of where they are, because if a mantis gets scratched up by a bat, there's really nothing it can do to save itself. Now we're going to dive into the mantis's diet and hunting practices. So like I was stating before, you know, a mantis can pretty much be is a successful hunter because he has probably one of the, if I had to say, one of the best hunting methods in the animal kingdom. And he's only an insect. Imagine if he was like, you know, the size of a lion. Most mantises, if not all, are majority ambush predators, which means they usually wait for the prey to come to them, or they will stalk it very slowly, and then when they get to a point, they will lash out of it. And mantis eat a variety of things, and they just don't stop at insects. There have been very many studies of mantises eating vertebrates as well, from lizards to frogs and even small birds. Studies have shown that mantis will take any opportunity, if they're big enough, to eat whatever they can get their hands on. There have even been reports of them attacking hummingbirds. And now you're wondering, how will they be able to be fast enough to attack these guys? Well, I'm going to give you another example. The hummingbird feeder that you guys have outside, I'm pretty sure you've seen it on like a pole or uh, on the tree or whatever. But anyway, the mantis will get up there and he will not move. The problem is that the hummingbirds are so busy trying to get the honey and the nectar that's in there that they don't see him. And if he's big enough, he can snatch them and he will eat them. If he's fast enough to grab them, that is. They can even tackle small snakes. Um, and it also depends, like I said, it also depends on the size of the mantis. But if the mantis is big enough, he will attack. And if he feels like he can take it down, he will eat it and he will do it. So that also, and I guess because of how much energy that they got to use, that they need a lot of food to keep their bodies going. Now, this is probably the most famous thing, I believe, that mantises are known for. And you probably know what I'm going to talk about. The whole thing behind that a female mantis will eat the male mantis's head. Now, this is pretty common <laughs> in a lot of animals to be cannibalistic. Well, not a lot, but some. Um, a lot of insects do this. Um, spiders are also notorious for doing this. Black Widow, you know, is notorious for this. But let me explain this phenomenon to you. The truth is that this doesn't happen as often as you think it does. Most people think that male mantises, every chance, every time he tries to mate with a female, he's going to get eaten. That happens, again, not often as you think. There have been, there have been some studies that show that male mantises will use a lot of different techniques to prevent themselves from getting eaten 
by the female. One tactic is one male will bring a meal to her. Because obviously, you know, her being an optimistic hunter, if she's eating, then you know, hey, you know, if I'm busy eating, she can't eat my face off, you know. And while another one is he'll come up and he'll do a mating ritual just to let her know, you know, hey, sweetie, you got a nice thorax right there, but please don't eat me. I'm not trying, I'm, you know, I'm not a meal or anything. And sometimes this works. Some males do get lucky and live another day. But in case of the example where he gets snatched up by the female, <laughs> then obviously in mantis species, the male is typically smaller, a lot smaller than the female, so there's really no fighting that. Um, she's going to eat him if she catches him. But there are some benefits that do come out of this if it does happen. Studies have shown that if a female eats a male that she has mated with, she actually lays more eggs. And it also prevents other males from mating with her. And these other males that try to, they just provide more food for the male who got eaten at the beginning, his offspring, by giving them all the nutrients that they'll need. Death by cannibalism seems like the price to pay for just trying to spread your genes. It also shows that if she gets his, if, if he, if you take a mantis's head off, a male one, his body will still continue to mate with the female, which also is a lot of theory too, because some people believe that the mantis is closely related to termites and cockroaches and roaches, as we all know, if you cut their head off, they just does the same thing too. But it has been shown that if you take, if the female takes the male's head off, his body, the nerves will still act as if the head is still on there and he will continue to still be mating with the female in the process to make sure that his genes live on to the next generation. Well, guys, this is a shorter episode for the day, but I do hope that you learned something today about the praying mantis. Now, a quick announcement about, you know, the change of videos, um, just to give you guys a rundown, um, just make it short and sweet. Um, I started a new job, so pretty much my week's hours have shifted a little bit. So I had to redo that to get adjusted, but we'll be going back to Wednesday like normal. And I hope you guys tune in and I hope you learn something about praying mantis today. Remember, stay wild and tune in next week.